It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Jimmy. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Brady Trantham, and I am your host and your guy for all things Oklahoma City Thunder. For the next 30 minutes or so, you will be so locked on Thunder that you'll need a master key from The Legend of Zelda to free yourself. If you're new to the show, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise in OKC. Go to thefranchiseok.com for all my Thunder columns and blogs, and I just wrote something yesterday actually about Shea Gilles Alexander and something interesting that Billy Donovan said about him last week, so go check that out after the show. You can also hear me talking Thunder basketball on my other podcast, the OKC82 podcast, which I co-host with Madison Morris and Chisholm Holland on our Wednesday weekly show. That podcast is more of an instant reactionary type show to all 82 games so go subscribe to that one as well with football season coming to a close fairly soon you will also be able to hear my voice on saturday mornings from 10 a.m to noon on the franchise thunder insider show with jerry ramsey john ham madison morris and myself and our season opener show will be on december 14th that's the following saturday after the big 12 championship game between oklahoma and baylor it's the tuesday show so we will dive into some thunder numbers we'll talk about one of the thunder's big problems this year and discuss everyone's favorite topic trey First, let's jump into the numbers. I love rabbit holes. YouTube, NBA.com, BasketballReference.com, it really doesn't matter. I love finding out new tidbits of info and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And nothing will ever beat these random Thunder numbers that very well apply to Wednesday night's game against the Indiana Pacers. So the Thunder will have had two days off to prepare for the Pacers. They also had a day off Monday where they didn't even practice, so you can expect a well-rested OKC squad Wednesday night in the peak. And that might be good news, particularly for SGA. With two days off... Shea Gildas Alexander is averaging his best net rating in rest situations with a 9.5 rating. 
in all other situations, that includes no days off, a day off, or for whatever reason, six days off. I can't remember a situation where that happened, but SGA's ratings in those situations are all in the net negative. And logically, the older guys on the squad, like Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, they fare much better with more rest than lack thereof. And it's true, posting a 5.3 and a 6.6 rating, respectively, on two days rest, each player also increases their rating with more rest and decreases with lack of rest. So yeah, makes sense. Old guys need some sleep. Most of the Thunder's top seven guys in the rotation fare significantly better with two days rest, with the exception of Nerlens Noel. What does this all mean? Eh. Probably nothing other than the obvious, but perhaps this could be the time where SGA resembles the guy that we watched for the first 10 games or so. And against Indiana, OKC will surely need him to score, especially more than what he's been putting out the last eight or nine games or so. The Thunder are 3-1 this season in games played following two days of rest, their only loss coming at home to LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Pacers won their last game Monday night against Memphis and will have a travel day today before playing Oklahoma City on Wednesday night. And unfortunately for Oklahoma City, their top seven guys in the rotation, well, they all post significantly higher net ratings. It really shouldn't surprise you. Indiana's 13-7. and seven. That's not the greatest record in the world, but in my opinion, and probably in your opinion as well, they're a significantly better team because they have better cohesion. They've added pieces on purpose, whereas the Thunder have added pieces out of necessity because some people wanted out of their deals, even though they were contractually obligated to play for their team. But that's another story. The Pacers are in a much better situation and they're definitely playing like that. And yes, they are in a much weaker conference. Maybe the Thunder would be 13 and seven in the East. I don't know, but stay with me here. Pacers are seven and two in situations where they've had one travel day in between games. They were in Memphis Monday night and they'll be in Oklahoma City Wednesday night. Like I said, like you all know, their two losses are to pretty average bad teams, Charlotte and Detroit. So there is hope Oklahoma City. And again, what do these numbers mean? Probably nothing. Numbers only tell part of a story. The Thunder have a tall task as it is. The Pacers destroyed Oklahoma City by 26 points a few weeks ago in a game that they led by as many as 31. And really, it wasn't even that close. The Pacers just ran with this game from the get-go. The Thunder losing at home Wednesday night would, I would imagine, surprise very little. A reason for this is one of the trends I touched on on Friday's episode. OKC leads the NBA in forcing their opponents into the most mid-range jumpers per game. 15 to 19 feet, the Thunder are forcing their opponents to take shots from that location, which is really good. They force about 10 a game, but they're in the middle of the pack in terms of defending those actual shots at around 42%. And for reference, Denver leads the league in that category, and their opponents are hitting 29% of those shots. The Pacers... Well, they're actually second in the NBA hitting shots from mid-range at around 48.2%, and they only trail the Philadelphia 76ers, who hit nearly 50% of those shots. OKC could potentially funnel the Pacers into what they're most comfortable with offensively outside of DeMontis Sabonis down low or Malcolm Brogdon going to work on the perimeter. Billy Donovan will have to game plan something different or hope that Brogdon, Sabonis, TJ Warren, and company just have off nights. I mean, the opposite of basically what they had a few weeks ago where everybody was on. (laughs) Even TJ McConnell had some shots over Terrence Ferguson. And the main reason is because nobody from Oklahoma City I don't think will be able to match it, and we'll get into that topic a little bit later. And that was Thunder Numbers on this here Thunder Tuesday. Coming up next, hear what Billy Donovan said about my question concerning what I think is Oklahoma City's biggest problem, if you're in the camp of short-term winning, that is. And then Bobby Marks from ESPN said something interesting about a potential trade option for OKC. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Last Friday night following the win over the Pelicans, I asked Billy Donovan about what he tries to do in order to manufacture the Thunder matching an opponent when they get hot. And if you remember that night, New Orleans outscored Oklahoma City 31-17 to in, yes, the third quarter. And it was a game that the Thunder really controlled in the first half, and it looked like the Thunder were going to run away with a victory at home. And I mentioned to Billy in the question that in the past the Thunder had guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George, that if the team around them were going through a slow pace during the game, the offense was going stagnant, Paul George and Russell Westbrook could match an opponent on their own with their own scoring. So I asked Billy about that, what he's trying to do with this particular team, and here's what he had to say. You've had Russell and Paul in years, and they're good enough to be able to score and match their, the opponent when they've made adjustments. In these third quarters this season, it's been difficult for you guys to match either the scoring or adjust to their adjustments. And so how difficult is that when you don't have that guy? I mean, what can you do as a coach to maybe push somebody to be that guy? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think that, um, you know, you, you always want to generate good shots. And there's different ways to go about doing it. You know, a lot of times, to your point, Russell was able to generate good shots by his ability to get downhill and at the rim or find guys. You know, this team is a team that finds guys by through ball movement and, you know, trying to help each other by screening. And there's, there's more movement to try to free each other up. Um, you know, I, I thought the, the problem for us, I thought, in the third quarter is I thought we played with a really good pace and a good tempo and a good flow in the first half. And then I thought in that third quarter, we missed some shots. We started off pretty well in terms of the shots that we generated. But as the quarter started to wear on, um, I just thought we got slow. I thought we got, like, methodical. I thought we got really easy to guard. And we've got to keep, you know, kind of churning the pot there, you know, when we come down and playing with good pace and tempo and flow. And I thought we got a little bit stagnant there in that third quarter. I think the Thunder's biggest problem this year is just their inability to have a guy to match an opponent getting hot. Really that simple. Billy touches on that by saying that this team works well with on-off ball movement. And it makes sense. They don't have a superstar to lean on when things don't go their way. So also, as Billy has said in the past, this team doesn't have a large margin for error. And maybe I did a poor job of wording my question, but I wanted to hear him say something in regards to, uh, yeah, we need Shea to drive the basket consistently or, yeah, we need Chris to be assertive in those situations. And that's just my terrible, terrible, terrible Billy Donovan impression. Forgive me. (laughs) But the more I think about it, the more I understand that this isn't the point. And the Thunder, again, have the luxury of time here. Oklahoma City doesn't have a Russell Westbrook type player. They're also an average team. They don't have someone who can save them on a consistent basis. So they will lose a lot of games. And you can hear the tanking fans and the front office cheering from my apartment right now. In the meantime, Billy doesn't need to force feed a CP3 takeover offense or a SGA takeover offense. He can implement a winning system of team basketball that will fail in the short term more times than not, but ideally will work well long term down the road. Now, like I said, the Thunder are an average team, so they're still going to be in positions to win games. They're going to win their fair share, which is also good for development because you don't want SGA, Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, whoever is going to be a part of the franchise moving forward, you don't want them to just know losing. So the Thunder are in a very unique, perfect spot for development in the short term and development in the long term. And yes, I know a lot of this is philosophical. I I get that. So let's transition into a more exact science, hypothetical midseason trades involving players on expiring contracts. But before we do, I wanted to remind you guys about the Locked On Podcast Network. 
30 NBA teams, 30 Locked On podcasts. So if you want to know a little bit more about the team that the Thunder are about to play, the Indiana Pacers, go give Locked On Pacers a listen. Tony East uh, does a wonderful job. I've actually been on a few podcasts with him over the years. Uh, We both are kind of on the same trajectory in our professional careers, and we've helped each other out. He's jumped on my old podcast from way back in the day, uh, Peak and Roll, during the uh, Thunder Digest days. And I've jumped on his podcast as well. And Tony does a fantastic job. So if you want to know a little bit more about the Pacers, get yourself ready for the home game Wednesday night. Give Locked On Pacers a listen. Everybody's favorite Royce Young and ESPN's Bobby Marks were on with Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective podcast, which is fantastic. If you love basketball, you're probably already subscribed to it. So to plug it is a little silly. But just in case, I highly recommend this podcast in your uh, cast feed. So go ahead and subscribe to that as well. Uh, but Royce and Bobby were on the podcast uh, yesterday and they talked about a plethora of things. MVP race, and then they even got into some potential trades, and they mentioned, of course, Oklahoma City being a big player in the trade market. Uh, December 15th is coming, and it's coming pretty fast, and that's pretty much the date when half the league can start being traded again. And they they talked about an interesting thing that I've even kind of forgot about, the extend and trade concerning Danilo Gallinari. Uh, I'll just go ahead and play the two-minute clip or so here, and we'll get back and discuss. I just mentioned that, that you know there's not going to be a whole lot of teams available to spend money next year. What are the rules on extend and trade? Because Gallinari is extension eligible. Could you – let's say you liked Gallinari and you, and you wanted to not just to, to rent him, that you wanted to sort of make a free agent move, but you can't – you don't have space to sign him. Could you work out an extension and trade, like if there was a team that really wanted to keep him from, for longer than just this season? Yeah, I mean, you could do um, maximum of three years, right? You can add another another two years. I think you can, you, as long as you don't go above the eight percent, right? If you stay at um, at five percent, you know, co- comparable to you know, why Kyle Lowry is is trade eligible is because he doesn't have that six month restriction, right? He didn't go more than you know more than the the years allowed and more than the uh, the, the percentage allowed here. So yeah, I mean, if 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 there was a team like Portland that acquired Gallinari and then extended him, it can extend him for, you know, an additional two two years at you know a five percent raise off his you know twenty million plus uh, plus contract there. No, Bobby, this is probably a dumb question, but I just want to understand: Does OKC have to extend him and trade him, or does, or does OKC it trade can be him? Part, I mean, it, Royce, it's rarely done. You rarely see it anymore. Um, it, can, yeah. it can be done as part of the um, as part of the transaction. Um, the likelihood is that you you know you do it, and then the, the team acquiring him, um, you know, uh, does the extension here. But Kendrick um, Perkins but yeah, was I mean, a can, classic example of where right, that happened. Yeah, yeah. He, but but the you know the idea would be there that. Gallinari might have value more than just to play for you for three months. That right, yeah, you know, you'd get an understanding up front to say this is not a rental. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what? Two guys that it affects what you trade for him as well. Again, subscribe to the Brian Windhorse and the Hoop Collective podcast for more conversations like that. Again, I love that podcast. I subscribe to it. But again, it, it's an interesting bullet point that you can put onto the hypothetical trade machine that is that surrounds the Oklahoma City Thunder this season. I mean, Danilo Gallinari is probably the most tradable asset that the Thunder have. A uh, realistic tradable asset, I should say, because I, I think that would probably be one of their draft picks or Shea Gildas Alexander. Like they said, Danilo Gallinari is going to be a player that can fit on almost any team. And any team would love to have Danilo Gallinari. He plays basketball the right way, and he's a very, very good and talented scorer. But it is... Again, like Bobby Marks was saying, you rarely see an extended trade, but it is something that you can cling on to as the trade market begins to 
I, I don't even want to say dry up because it hasn't even started yet, but with Portland having some success with Carmelo Anthony, with us other teams stumbling out of the gate that we didn't think so, and other teams that we thought were going to stumble out of the gate but are actually having success, it's really hard to see where Danilo Gallinari, Danilo Gallinari could end up both beneficial for him and beneficial for the Thunder because the Thunder are going to want something in return if, if they're going to part ways with Danilo Gallinari. Uh, in terms of Chris Paul, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, so I'll go ahead and say it so you guys can all tell me if I'm wrong in a few weeks when he's traded, but I'm starting to be of the of the belief that Chris Paul at least finishes out this season with Oklahoma City. I just That contract is too unmovable, uh, kind of like what I said earlier. Some teams that we thought could potentially stumble out of the gate that would be desperate around this time to get an, an adrenaline shot in the arm uh, to kickstart a rebuild pretty quickly in season. The Miami Heat, for instance, they're actually really, really good. And so adding a Chris Paul and subtracting young, talented assets or a draft pick, you know, doesn't seem so tantalizing now for those types of squads. So it just it appears to me that Chris Paul might, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes out the season with the Thunder. And in so doing, if the Thunder just cannot find a good deal that benefits them, I just don't see a reason why they would want to move to, move Danilo Gallinari in anyway. Now, if somebody throws first round picks at them or potentially a young asset, then sure, they'll trade him. I just don't think, if you're not going to move Chris Paul, don't move Danilo Gallinari either. Just be your average team self. Uh, help your young guys develop in a pseudo winning, pseudo losing situation where uh, they're going to get a lot of playing time because they're an average team and they're going to lose a lot of games, but they're also going to be in a lot of situations, like I said earlier, where they could learn how to win games. So that'll help you down the road. And with Chris Paul, I just, I mean, I don't know, just call it a hunch. This organization has always prided itself on treating its players well, and not just a development stage, but just in terms of life. And Chris Paul, I mean, he's still a very, very good player, but he's also highly influential. And I, I basically, I just don't see the Thunder going up to going up to a team like Phoenix. And I know Phoenix isn't in the market for a point guard. You know, they're they're going to. Pro, I would assume they're probably going to do right by Chris Paul. But again, I'm putting this out there for you guys now, for you guys and gals now. So you can yell at me and tell me that I was wrong when he is traded for two first round picks. So <laughs> again, it's it's just interesting talk at this point. But again, December 15th is 12 days away, everybody. And that'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of Locked on Thunder. Everybody, thank you so, so much for listening to the podcast. Still really excited to keep doing this. It's a lot of fun to do, actually. It's it's a little, it's much different than OKC82 or any other podcast I've done in the past where I'm basically just kind of sitting there and riffing off the top of my head. Um, of course, I'll do research in between podcasts, but that's just more conversational, whereas this is just, I get to put a lot of effort and creativity into this. And I hope that you guys and gals are all listening in and enjoying it as much as possible. But again, hit me up on Twitter at Brady Does Sports for questions, suggestions. If you don't like something, please let me know. If you like something, let me know and I'll do more of that. So this podcast, as much as it is about me, it's always about you guys because you're the fans. You're the ones who are important here. Without the fans, there is no game. Without the game, I don't have a job. So I highly value your opinion, basically. And for tomorrow, tomorrow will be Wednesday. That'll be the first crossover segment, which I'm excited for because Miss Maddie Lee from the Oklahoman will be joining me on this Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm excited to talk to Maddie. She wrote a cool story about Darius Baisley and his 90s style. I'm sure we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Pacers game coming up. Um, who knows? We'll talk about other things as well. We might even talk about... 
Oh, I don't even want to say an inside joke, but I'm gonna have to say it right now since I've already said it into the microphone. Uh, we might even talk about Coat Rack and the dangers that they present. But everybody, once again, thank you for listening to Locked On Thunder, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Brady Trantham, everybody. Thank you again so much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.